week, I uh, began our series by describing a little bit of my life. Growing up at church, my mom and dad would, we'd drive to church as a family, they'd walk me to my kid's classroom, and uh, there, after I was greeted with all my friends, we would gather for a time of Sunday school songs. These were songs that were filled with, with deep theological truths of God, but they were framed in such a way. They were targeted towards a child's heart and mind. And they were put to music and, and given hand motions or other types of just motions to help kids remember and learn them and drive them deep into the souls of kids. Well, there's a, another iconic song that's really important to me for two reasons. Number one, it's because of the truth of this song, but it's also because it afforded my buddies and I to be a little rambunctious in Sunday school. You see, these Sunday school songs tended to have movements that the girls really loved, but the guys really did. You know, these Sunday school songs seemed to be geared towards girls, and us boys would start the Baptist worship style young, our arms crossed and maybe swaying to the beat, but that was about it. But there's this one song Every time the word stand was mentioned, we would stomp our feet. We would make as much loud noise as we could. We'd jump around every time the word stand. Now, this move was never officially condoned by the leaders. <laughs> and you'll never see it present in any of the Sunday school song videos. But I want you to know, the young men in the room, we all knew it. We all did it because that was the word that we were standing alone on the word of God. So I'd like to invite you to stand and, and join me. And, and I know that not all the movements are going to be appreciated by some of you. But I hope that when it comes time to stand, you'll join me. Make a little noise. This is uh, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Let's watch this next video.
chance. I'm convinced that by the end of this series, we're going to be doing some of these. Man, when I was a kid, I loved that song. I loved that song because of the fun I had with my friends, but I loved the song because of the truth that it had. But I remember growing up, I asked this question, how do we know? How do I know that this is the book for me? Why should I stand on it alone if it comes to that? Why should I stand alone on the Word of God? Like, what makes the Bible so important? And I remember asking that question a number of times, and there weren't any adults who could answer it for me. And so that's what we're going to spend our morning today. So otherwise, it's just a Sunday school song. If we don't understand the importance of the B-I-B-L-E and why of all the books and literature, why this is the book for you and why it, it's filled with such power and authority that if it comes to it, we'll stand all by ourselves on the truth of it because it's, it's the Bible the B-I-B-L-E. And, and in order to do this, we need to start again, like we did last week in the Psalms. In the middle of your Bible, you can join me, Psalm chapter 19. While you're turning there, I know, don't pay attention to the second Timothy. We'll end up there. Psalm 19, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Uh, go to Psalm 19. While you're turning there, um, I want to make one last pitch for the study guide. Every new series, we do a study guide that's designed for you for two reasons. Number one, we want you to have a place where you can keep notes, where you can keep record of what God teaches you, exposes you, brings to your mind. But we also want to have a place where you can continue to wrestle with God, continue to meet with God, continue to ruminate and think through the truth of God's word throughout the week. And so every week, Pastor Jeff works hard to provide questions for you that, that we hope you'll work through with friends from work, friends from school, maybe with your family, maybe with your small group. And again, as always, if you don't have a group, you're like, Brian, I'm all by myself. Pastor Jeff and I are here Wednesday night, seven o'clock. If you come in here, you're gonna be at the women's study. So you just go right through that door. Greet the ladies, don't be rude. Go right through these doors. You'll see us on the other side. And these uh, study guides come in three formats. They come in the spiral-bound notebook, and those are right outside uh, the doors. You come in, they also are, uh, you can download them on our webpage. Just look for the series study guide icon there and click on that. You can download the entire study guide on your device. Or if you tend to be a little more lazy like me, just come every week, download the church app, look at the sermon section right down there at the bottom, and we'll provide all this information for you week by week, by week. Also, if you miss a Sunday sermon, you can find it on the app and the webpage. 
as well. I want to encourage you to make use of these because um, we believe that uh, if we're truly going to grow in the image of Jesus, if we want to reflect the truth of God in our lives, it requires more than just an hour on Sunday. It requires time in the Word with God, with other Christians throughout, throughout the week. And so now let's get to our study, a book of Psalms, Psalm 19. This is a Psalm of David. It begins this way, Psalm 19 says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor their words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through the earth. Their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one to end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. First thing King David goes into is he's talking what theologians call general revelation. You just look at creation and you know God exists. You look at the trees, the grass. After it rains and you can see through the smog, you can see the mountains. If you're high up enough, you can see the oceans from the hills. I mean, if you look at the creation around you, you know that there is something. You know there is someone. It's what theologians call the revelation, uh, general revelation, that it just conveys the reality of God. But here's what it doesn't do. It doesn't give you the character of God, the truth of God. It doesn't give you the desires of God. You can look at creation and know that there's something greater than you out there. But who is he? What does he value? What does he desire? What does he promise? And that's what David celebrates in the next section. First reason why the Bible is, is the Bible. A stand alone on the word of God because the Bible reveals God. Look at what it says, verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. First thing he says, the Bible, it just reveals God. And he uses some great words. First he says, the law. The law of the Lord is perfect. That word law is the Hebrew word Torah. Often it's understood as the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But that term Torah means instruction. Word Torah means the important things you need to know. And right here, David says, listen, the Bible, like it's the teaching, the instruction of the Lord. And it's perfect. And it's restoring to the soul. Look what else he says. It says it's the testimony means that there are truths that God is giving about himself. He's making sworn affidavits. He's given witness about himself through the Bible. Man, why is the Bible important? You can learn about who God is. He's giving testimony about himself. He's revealing his character, his attributes. We went over those last week. Making wise the simple. 
Verse 8 says, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. That term, and it goes on, he says, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Precepts and commands, these are the precise and authoritative directions handed down by God through the Bible. And God's, David is saying, man, I love the revelation of God, general revelation through his creation, but special revelation through his word. The law of the Lord, we understand his teaching. We can understand his character. We can understand what he desires and the steps for our heart and something happens to us through the Bible. Look at what David says next. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Fear, it's not a word described. It's not meant to worry about but something to respect and have awe towards. The term true means that there should be this peace and trust that comes from reading and understanding the word of God. Something happens to us and something happens in us when we're in the word of God. We only understand more of who God is and more of what God desires. But it's useful to do something within us. Something in us changes. And I love how King David describes it. Look at this, verse 10. They, speaking about the testimonies of God, the teachings of God, the instructions of God, they're more desirable than gold. Man, what you have in here is more than desirable than gold. And some of you are like, what? And exactly, that's why he said, yep, then much fine gold. Like he repeats it. Because he's expecting all of us, money is the foundation of life. This is more valuable than your 401k. This is more valuable than your pension plan. This is more valuable than your home equity. This is more valuable than your trust. This is more valuable than gold. And some of you might say, no, Brian, I don't care about money. The very few people that don't care about money, they do care about food. Look what he says next. Not only is it more desirable than gold, but it's sweeter also than honey. The drippings of the honeycomb. You're like, oh, Brian, I don't care about money. You do care about food. Californians will drive 30 minutes for the perfect dessert. You know that. <laughs> They'll drive 30 minutes for the perfect, perfect dessert. They'll wait in line at Krispy Kreme. You ever do that when the hot and ready sign is? They'll wait 30 minutes for the perfect, hot, juicy donut. But we can't find five minutes for the Word of God. King David says, man, you got to understand, this is the B-I-B-L-E. You want to know why it's the book for you? It reveals God, who He is his character, his attributes, what he's about, what he desires for you. And as you get into the word of God, it changes something in your soul. It transforms you little by little. And this little book right here, it's the most valuable thing that we have on this earth. Amen. The B-I-B-L-E. doesn't just reveal God, 
but it's also inspired by God. Now you can turn to 2 Timothy 3, 16. Other side of the Bible in the New Testament, 2 Timothy. If you have trouble finding it, it's right after 1 Timothy, <laughs> if that helps you at all. The, the church of this time was going through some trouble. There was persecution. There was false teaching. There was confusion. There was division, not just in culture, but in church. And in this region, there is a young pastor named Timothy that was trying to hold it all together. And so the Apostle Paul wrote a letter, not just to Timothy, but to the church to give them direction on how to have unity, how to move forward in a kooky culture. See, I know people say that this is the kookiest time it's ever been. It's just not true. The church has lived through kooky times and kookier times than this. And Paul wrote a letter to them, and I believe to us as well, saying, you want to have authority? You want to know how to move forward in confidence and in unity together? Paul draws their attention to one thing. Not a, past, not a popular pastor. Not a Christian author. Not a Christian sport, that sports athlete. Not a news station. Not AM Christian radio. <laughs> Scripture. Second, or Second Timothy 3, 16. We're going to start with the first six words. Why is the Bible important? Why is the Bible the book for you? Why, if necessary, should you stand alone on its truth? Look at the first six words of chapter six, or verse 16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. Not some scripture. Not the scripture you agree with. Not the scripture that's easy to follow. All scripture is inspired by God. That term inspired, it's from the Greek uh, word theonoustos. Theonoustos. It's made up of, it's a combination of two Greek words, theo, God, noustos, breath, or breathing. All scripture is God breathed. All scripture comes from the very breath of God. God working through the authors of scripture all scripture is from the breath of God. It's his words that makes them authoritative, that makes them true, because God is truth. Remember from last week. You can trust them. They have power. That's why we say because it's God-breathed that the word of God is inerrant, meaning without error in its original manuscripts. This is God-breathed. This is the word of God. This is literally from his breath. It means it's inerrant, it's true, it's without error, it's infallible, it's completely trustworthy, without lies. Sometimes you read the Bible you're like, what, is that right? I mean, culture all over is telling us different truths. I mean, you can actually have your own truth, you know that? I mean, what foundation will we stand on? That's why the B-I-B-L-E, it's the book for you. Man, this is the breath of God. It's inerrant. It's truthful. It is the foundation of your truth. 
of how to live your life. Those of you with smartphones, or maybe it's your kids, man, I'm so impressed with how fast kids can find an answer to a question they don't know. Man, they can type on their phone even under their desk. They don't even have to look. They don't know what the answer is. They can just go on Google, boop, 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 find it out. They are so quick to look for truth on their phones. Now, what we need to do is get kids to be just as agile, just as committed, just as efficient in finding truth here. Man, we'll allow Google and culture to define our truth. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, man, you want to stay unified as a church. You want to make it through kooky times. You got to remember the Bible, the Theonustos, the breath of God. It's inspired and makes an inerrant, infallible, and authoritative. This is the word of God. Man, he built everything. He's the authority over everything. This is the authority. Well, Brian Oprah writes some good books. She disagrees. She didn't build everything out of nothing. LeBron James thinks because you can slam dunk a ball doesn't make your truth authoritative. The Apostle Paul's writing to his young leaders back then and his young leaders today. Man, you want to be unified. You want to make it through kooky culture. You have to recognize the B-I-B-L-E. Man, this has got to be the book for you. And it reveals God to you. It's inspired by God. It's his word, it's his truth, it is his very breath that is at work in these terms. The Bible reveals God, the Bible is inspired by God. And lastly, the Bible directs our lives. Look what the rest of that little section says. All scripture is inspired by God and look what it does. It's profitable for teaching. The term profitable means it's beneficial, it's useful, it's advantageous. This isn't just some old dusty book to put on your bookshelf and impress your parents. Man, this is profitable. It is valuable to you. It's useful. It's advantageous. Man, you want an advantage in your marriage. You want to know how to make your marriage work. Get in this book. Brian, my family's falling apart. I don't know how to reflect God to my kids. Guess what? Get in the book. Brian, our political situation's completely bananas and everyone's telling me to vote one way or another. I don't know what to do. You want to know the answer? B-I-B-L-E. Man, we're so good at reading everyone else's opinions on everything else. This is the Theonustos, the breath of God. Paul's writing to his people. All scripture is inspired by God. By the way, it's the only thing inspired by God. Constitution of the United States, as fantastic as it is, not inspired by God. 
my interactions with Christians. They're more nimble in, in, in declaring to me the constitutional truth. But they can't declare to me the biblical truth. Man, if we can memorize one document, can we memorize this? It's profitable. Look at this. For teaching. When Paul uses that word, he isn't focused on how we teach, but what we teach. Paul says the Bible is profitable because it gives you an advantage by teaching you the truths of God. Man, right here you understand who God is and what he desires. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. Man, it's useful to, for declaring to you what the truth is. Here's another one. It teaches us and it confronts us. Not only is it profitable for teaching, meaning it's useful, it's beneficial for teaching us before reproof. It confronts us. It means to rebuke or confront error. This isn't some quiet and passive book. You read it. You read it with a broken heart. You read it with a sinful intention. You read it with a stubborn mind, and the Bible will just crush it, correct it, confront it. Man, you cannot read this book and not be convicted by its truth. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable, it's beneficial, it's advantageous to you, to teach you, to give you truth, to confront you. You have interactions with other Christians who disagree with what you're saying. Where, where do you find it? This is the authority. This is what confronts. It's beneficial for reproof, for correction, that's the next one. Profitable for teaching. It confronts our error and it corrects us. So often, if you're like me, you read your Bible and you're made aware of your struggle, your brokenness. It leads you to shame, it leads you to hide. But man, that's not what the Bible does. Keep reading because it says it's not only good for teaching and reproof, but correction. That term correction, it straightens you. It restores you. You can't read the Bible and stay crooked. The Bible confronts you and it makes you aware of your brokenness, of your errors. But then the Bible also straightens you. It restores you. It reminds you of the mercy of God. It reminds you of the work of his spirit that's at work in your life. It reminds you of how many men and women before you who have failed and God restored and used for his glory. Man, this Bible, so often we see it as a weapon against culture. But what if it isn't a hammer to bang on them, but maybe it's a scalpel to carve away the sin of our own lives? Carve out our sin. Straighten our lives. And look how he ends. Word of God, the theonoustos. It's not only profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, but look at this, for training in righteousness. 
that trains us. The term means the Bible cultivates your spiritual growth. It coaches your spiritual life day by day. You know, we're a culture of New Year's resolutions, right? So many of us, when New Year's comes, so many of us are, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to go on hikes, go on walks. It's about March where we recognize, oh, no, I haven't done it, and the summer's coming. So now we head back into the summer, and we're thinking, okay, I'm going to get back into the gym right around May. We're going to get there. We're going to do this. Now it's the end of June. If you're like me, it's like, eh, next year. Don't you think that's how it is, our spiritual life, too? Man, we have these desires. I want to be someone who is confident in the Word, someone who, who walks with Jesus, someone who, who loves my spouse the way I'm supposed to, someone who parents my children, someone who encourages my neighbor. We just go through life thinking it's just going to happen. We're wondering, how come... I'm not changing. How come I'm not growing? How come God isn't doing things in my life and in my heart? Maybe it's because you're not in the book. Paul's talking to his young leaders back then, and I believe his young leaders still today. The B-I-B-L-E, it reveals God to you. You can trust it because it's inspired by God. It's Theonustos. It's his breath. Because of that, it's profitable for teaching. It confronts you. You can't read it and stay stubborn in your sin. Something's got to shift. You either close it and ignore it or you allow it to change your life. It's useful for reproof, for correction, for training. And look at the result, verse 17, so that, what's God do? What's he use the Bible for? Look at this. So that the man of God, the person of God, ladies, don't count yourself out on this, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. I love that term, adequate. Let's be realistic, shall we? You're getting in the word of God. You're not going to be stupendous. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be failures. There's going to be brokenness. But the word of God, you will be adequate. You will have everything you need to come into the presence of God. Adequate, and look at this, and equipped for every good work. That term equipped, completed. Fully furnished. You're not getting the base model vehicle here. What you're getting because of the word of God, you will be loaded. Heated seats. Self-driving. I don't know if it's electric or not. I haven't decided. The B-I-B-L-E. Man, it is useful. It is, it reveals God. It's inspired by God. And the Bible directs our lives. You want to make strides in your life. You want to have confidence in your soul. 
You're going to have joy and love back in your marriage, unity back in your home, purpose in your church, reason in your life, confidence out there, and hope for your future. Great start. The B-I-B-L-E. That's why it's the book for me. And I'll stand alone on it if I have to. And can I be honest? I feel like sometimes I am all by myself. But that's okay. Because it's the B-I-B-L-E. The Theonoustos. The breath of God. When nothing else makes sense, you can know who God is, what he's about, and what he desires for you and for me. So my question for you then, how do you need to apply the Bible to your life? This book, more valuable than gold, more precious than the best dessert you've ever had. How do you need to apply it in your life? Maybe some of you are like, Brian, I need to get in it. I don't allow this to steer my life. I don't allow this to direct my thoughts. I don't allow this to to help me understand what God values and what God doesn't value. Brian, I got to get in it. Fantastic. How can I help? Get in it. Study your Bible. Anything we can do to help you, that would, we'd love to do that. By the way, in the fall, sign-ups will be coming up soon. Men's Bible study, women's Bible study. We have small groups that happen throughout the year. They're all designed to help you understand the Word of God for yourself. Maybe some of you are like, Brian, I, I read my Bible. I read my Bible, I have the daily bread. Every morning I break out my coffee and I read my Bible. The Apostle Paul has some words of encouragement for you too. Look at what he says. Next chapter, 2 Timothy 4, he says this, then I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Just in case you're wondering, what word? This, he's talking about this. Preach the word. Look what he continues. Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready to trust the word of God in easy times and in hard times. In times where everyone agrees with you and in times when no one agrees with you. Be ready for the word of God. Study the word of God. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out. Be ready to proclaim its truth. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort. I love how he finishes it. With great patience. And instruction. Now you want something to say. In your home, in your culture. Man, there's so many talking heads in culture. It's just noise. You want something to say? Preach the word. Just bring it. In good times and hard times.
Use it to correct. Use it to encourage. Use it to exhort, to remind people about the grace of God. But do it with patience, huh? Applying the word of God can be tough. It can be hard for those of us who are stubborn. Talking about myself, not you. Y'all are just great. But sometimes applying the truth of God can be hard. Frightening. Life-changing. Preach the word. Do it with patience. Allow the theonoustos, the breath of God, to do its work. Let's pray. Ah, God, we come here and we're grateful for these Sunday school songs. These songs that just are meant to bring powerful truths to the hearts and minds of kids. But God, many of us are sitting here in awe of the power of that song. God, we've forgotten about the power of your word, the importance of it, the power of it, the truth of it, the, the plans that you revealed to us amidst its pages. So God, I ask you to speak to us this morning. Open our eyes, God, that we might see your word as you do. Open our, open our minds, God, that we might understand its value, its power. Open our hearts, God, and make us humble to its truth. Make us pliable to its message and its direction. God, open our ears. As we read it, study it. As we learn about you through it, God, open our ears that we might hear your spirit lead us and guide us. We might hear your spirit confront our errors, encourage our growth, restore our brokenness, renew our faith. And then God, open our mouth that we might preach your word. God, there's so many words spoken, words of anger, words of error, words out of our pain, words out of our fear. God, may you open our mouths that we might proclaim your words. that our breath will be used to speak what your breath has spoken. Empower us, transform us. And God, give us faith. And give us the ability to stand on your word. And God, even if it requires us to stand by ourselves, give us the courage and the guts to do so because of the confidence we have in your word. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen.